0: Hello there and good morning everyone. Welcome to another edition of Live Stream Sunday School for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church, Akron, Ohio. Uh, for today, Sunday, August 8th, 2021. My name is Melvin Gaines. Thanks for being here this morning. We will go ahead and get started with the music, the praise music portion of our program to allow people to jump on with us. Uh, and that is Fred Hammond. Uh, Fred Hammond and Radical for Christ, the name of his band, Jesus is All. So let's play that. And while we allow people to join us this morning, thanks for being here. Hi, Ronnie. Good morning. So good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Praise the Lord. started brother Nate brother Marnell or brother Nate and sister Marnell <laughs> gotta say it the right way boy that was a goof if I could have an edit button and re-rack I would. <laughs> good morning Nate Marnell how are you good morning Cindy Glad to hear you're doing good. Amen. Glad to hear it. We're doing good, too. My bride and I are doing fantastic. Yep, there it is. Thumbs up! (laughs) Great study today, everybody, coming up too. As we hurdle our way through the book of Hebrews, good study coming. sunrise blend coffee no I just showed nobody offered me hey Ann good morning and Ann. I'll say Ann and Larry good morning good morning good morning, good morning. The Sunday school changed in a year and a half. I know, right? Morning, Angie. Good to have you. voice it looks like we're getting up to 88 degrees today, eventually. <laughs> T. Johnson, hey, how are you? Good to have you. Welcome back. Amen, amen. All righty, we're going to edit that a little bit, and uh, we'll say thanks to Fred Hammond and Radical for Christ for... Jesus is All as the name of the song. We thank you for, um, again, the praise team. We thank you for uh, providing uh, music for this portion of the uh, broadcast to allow people to jump on with us in the morning. It's really helpful. Um, I'm going to mention this once because I know that every now and then I see names pop up more than once. Lisa, good morning. Lisa Stallworth Johnson, good morning. Good to have you. Um, I'll mention this once. If there are connectivity issues when you have a problem getting on, if there's a problem with uh, Wi-Fi in your area or whatever is going on, rest assured you're not going to miss anything um, because this is always going to be available online after the uh, broadcast com- is completed. So always rest in that. Don't worry about it if you can't get on live and, and see everything. It's nice to be here, of course, if you can, but um, all, everything that we do is, is stays on the Akron Alliance Fellowship. Facebook page, and stays in the timeline, so you can always go back and refer to something if you had a question about it. And we have a couple of announcements to make, too, just to make sure that we're covering all our bases today. Uh, we are, first of all, Pastor Gus's message will be available online in this timeline after Sunday school, for those of you who are not going to be uh, attending church today uh, in Akron. And it is God's covenant what makes it better. That's the name of the message, and it will be available in the timeline after Sunday school. Please make sure that you take a look at that. We prepare those every week in the event that people who are not attending our church can see them and also know what we're doing as a church and what we're studying, what we're looking into. So please keep that in mind as we uh, continue to provide content for you that glorifies God. I pray that it does that every time we do it, every time we put it out there. It's just glorifying God. We are going to be in church today. We're going to be in the building. Um, it's actually going to be right on the fringe of warmth is concerned, but I think because of uh, allergy issues and, and whatnot, we're going to be inside the building. Now, because we're going to be in the building and we go, we're going to, we, we, of course, are aware of the news about the various virus variants. I'll say that too quick. <laughs> various virus variants uh, that are going to be out there. Um, we are going to have a protocol in the church that we're going to be reinstating that involves social distancing we are going to of course do temperature checks at the door for you if you're coming to church today we are going to uh, make sure that we follow the protocols for that so that if you don't have a fever you can attend please uh, we are recommending that people wear a mask uh, inside the building today uh, and we are and we are also practicing social distancing just to make sure uh, the Hugs are out. hugs are probably out for, that's right so hugs were in for a little while there but hugs look like they're back out again so um, fist bumps may be okay and all that good stuff so let's just keep that in mind as we get together um, and that's if you're vaccinated or not now if you're vaccinated and you you really you know don't want to wear a mask you don't you're not required to but we are recommending it however for everyone just to make sure that we're clear on what we're doing uh, we don't We don't like mandating anything. I don't think that's really necessarily the right way to go. But I do appreciate people just cooperating in that area. And uh, please keep in mind that social distancing also involves our seating as well, too. If you can sit apart from each other a little bit, that would be helpful as well, unless you know your husband or wife or whatever you know each other. Um, But keep that in mind. And so that's that. That's been taken care of. So that's going to be a church today. Please remember your tithes and offerings. Please remember to mail your tithes and offerings if you're not able to uh, uh, deliver them to the church to Akron Alliance Fellowship. The mailing address is 688 Diagonal Road, Akron, Ohio, 44320. Uh, please keep that in mind. We uh, appreciate your remembering the tithes and offerings because we are still operating a church. It's, it's very... Um, it's not conventional. Uh, it's definitely a lot different than what we've been used to, but we're kind of getting used to this new normal situation. And um, good morning, Charlie. Uh, thank you for the gr- uh, greetings as well, too. We will be safe. We will do everything we can. That's uh, um, Oh yeah, and, and, and also being safe means what? Personal responsibility, right? Wash your hands. Wash your hands uh, thoroughly. Use your hand sanitizer. Uh, do what you can to take care of yourself. It's It's really that simple, and we're going to let the Lord take care of the rest. I think that's the bottom line, too. So I think I covered everything as far as the announcements are concerned. We're going to go ahead and get into the lesson because we got to cover 13 verses in the book of Hebrews. Um, so we definitely want to uh, look at Hebrews chapter 4, verses 1 through 13. We are continuing the study about how Jesus Christ... Uh, is greater than Moses and we are going to be looking at this Sabbath rest. There's been a lot of talk and discussion, maybe uh, maybe it's just me because of what I've been exposed to lately, but we, I've been seeing a lot of information about the Sabbath rest of God and, and what that represents. And it has uh, multiple meanings. So... Please keep that in mind as we uh, look at this study, and we're going to look at some of those meanings and what they what they represent. And understanding that the audience for this lesson is the Jewish Christians, uh, Hebrews. Every time I look at this, and and uh, it's just fascinating to me. Every time I look at this study, it it looks like a sermon because there is some repetition, there is some emphasis that's given on certain. Uh, Places in the scripture. There are parts, for example, in this particular chapter, chapter 4, that refer back to chapter 3. And it just reads that way. And so I perhaps, in the spirit of greater understanding, and that's what's helped me for this, to look at this as a a lesson that appears to be like a written sermon. It's written as sermon notes or sermon topic. And that's just the way I'm taking it. It certainly is not anything that... um, It may not mean anything like that to you, but I'm just giving you what helps me as far as greater understanding for Hebrews. So with that in mind, everybody, let's go ahead and look to the Lord with a word of prayer. We'll get as much covered as we can here, and let's get started. Father, we just thank you for this time that you've uh, set aside for us to study Hebrews and look at the meanings behind this Sabbath rest, this rest that you're speaking of. We thank you for the lessons that we can take from it the teaching that comes from it we thank you for your imparting of wisdom and knowledge to all of us that we can have greater understanding of the relationship that we have with you lord we thank you for that and we thank you for lord what you're doing for us today as you just keep us safe protect us and lord we know that you love us more than we could ever imagine and we thank you for that love we thank you for that care and concern Bless us and keep us, O Lord, as we move forward, and we give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, everyone, turn your Bibles and electronic devices to Hebrews chapter 4. We're going to look at verses 1 through 13, which is basically all of Hebrews. That's the (laughs) the Hebrews Hebrews chapter 4. Yes, it's not all of Hebrews. It's all of Hebrews chapter 4. But uh, turn to that, and let's take a look at it. And I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation to give you some Conversational uh, view of Scripture here, as far as what we're looking at, and look again at—we're just continuing the study about who Christ is. I, what, what the writer of Hebrews is doing here is giving context to the hearers of this word or the readers of the word about the relationship of Jesus Christ that you have with Him and that. All that the Jewish Christians really knew about up until this point before Jesus Christ was, was about the great prophets, including Moses. And a comparison was given in chapter 3 to Moses, and it's being kind of carried over into now chapter 4 in this particular section. And we want to see what um, the writer here is saying about those very things that we need to pay attention to, about having faith and understanding now what is this Sabbath rest? Because, of course, the Jewish Christians knew about what the Sabbath was. They understood what it meant as far as the context about being a day of rest. But in many ways, that teaching was kind of altered and kind of goofed around with, frankly, uh, when the Pharisees and got involved with it and used uh, the Sabbath uh, incorrectly. So we're going to try and fix that part and make sure that we understand what the Sabbath rest really is. So let's go ahead, while I slow myself down and breathe and read, uh, let's go ahead and look at God, uh, God's promise here. That's what we're going to read, read. Hebrews 4, verses 1 through 13, starting in verse 1. God's promise of entering his rest still stands, so we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it. For this good news that God has prepared this rest has been announced to us just as it was to them. But it did them no good because they didn't share the faith of those who listened to God. Verse 3, for, we, for only we who believe can enter his rest. As for the others, God said, In my anger I took an oath they will never enter my place of rest. Even though this rest had been, has been ready, since he made the world. Verse 4. Remember that part, by the way. Verse 4. We know it is ready because of the place in the scriptures where it mentions the seventh day. On the seventh day, God rested from all his work. But in the other passage, God said, they will never enter my place of rest. Verse 6. So God's rest is there for people to enter. But those who first heard this good news failed to enter because they disobeyed God. So God set another time for entering his rest, and that time is today. Remember that too. God announced this through David much later in the words already quoted. Today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. Verse 8. Now if Joshua had succeeded in giving them this rest... God would not have spoken about another day of rest still to come so there is a special rest still waiting for the people of God for all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors just as God did after creating the world so let us do our best to enter that rest but if we disobey God as the people of Israel did we will fall For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Verse 13, nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes, and he is the one to whom we are accountable. Wow. All right, Hebrews 4, verses 1 through 13. That is the Hebrews chapter 4, essentially. And we're going to go as do as we normally do and go back and recap what we just read and look at it piece by piece. Uh, good morning, Laura. Thanks for joining us this morning. Good morning, Walter and Pearl. Hi. Okay, so back to the top. God's promise of entering his rest still stands, so we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it so first of all we're looking at how it it is indeed a promise god made the promise that he was going to have this rest for us and of course the rest has a couple of different meanings here but we're when we're talking about specifically today we'll talk about that more that rest is going to be in our relationship with jesus christ and that's what we need to understand too and not just the relationship we have with christ today but the relationship we will have with him in the afterlife when we are no longer here that will also be a place of rest. That is also what's being discussed here. But the problem that we're having that's being discussed here is that, let's look at verse 2 again. For this good news that God has prepared this rest has been announced to us just as it was to them, but it did them no good because they didn't share the faith of those who listened to God. And the issue here was that, remember, that the, the Israelites who were rescued from Egypt And were promised to go into the promised land, which is a place that can be perceived certainly as a rest, a place of rest. But because they were disobedient, they would never see that place. They would never recognize that place. And that's where God is coming back and saying in verse 3 here For only we who can believe, who believe, can enter his rest. As for the others, God said, In my anger, I took an oath, they will never enter my place of rest. And they didn't. There were a number of people who just didn't believe in the Lord, didn't believe God, didn't believe his promises, didn't believe his miracles, didn't believe, didn't trust what they were seeing. And because of their own fleshliness, their own fleshly desires, their own attitudes, their place where they just didn't believe in the Lord, uh, God basically said, okay, well, you're not going to see the promised land. You're not going to enter this place of rest. This is going to be a place where you're just going to die in the wilderness. Now. We need to understand something. Either you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ or you don't. And that is a a line of separation for a number of people in this world today. We have to recognize that. But let's go back to the audience here, the Jewish Christians. Some of the Jewish Christians who received this letter or received this message, whatever it was, may have been on the verge of turning back from their promised rest in Christ. Because they believed in Christ, they thought they believed in him, but maybe they were questioning what they were believing. And, of course, the people in Moses' day had turned their back uh, on God as well, too. It was a very similar situation. So we need to recognize that. They may have said or proclaimed that they believed in God. But we have to understand something. Just because somebody says they believe in God doesn't mean that they truly have faith in him. Because what happens is if you get discouraged and you get disgruntled, are, why, are you very easy to just say, God is not doing anything in my life. God is not going to rescue us. We might as well go on back to the place where we were in captivity and let uh, the Egyptians take care of us, that type of foolish thinking. You have to understand that that's, we, no one knows the heart of the individual except God himself. And we need to recognize that too. We 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 shouldn't assume that everybody who says that they know Jesus believes in Jesus, because uh, Satan knows who Jesus is. Uh, we have to recognize that this is not a contradiction. Anybody who truly believes in the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior is going to be always covered by the blood of Christ, as far as sin is concerned, and always going to be uh, have a representation in heaven, that place prepared for us. But we need to recognize that there is a distinction here. And so the danger here is making sure that when the author of Hebrews is speaking to the people, that they are not going backwards, but they're continuing to develop that relationship with the Lord where they truly can declare that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior of their lives. That's what we, This is a new teaching back then. So this is something that is relatively foreign uh, to the people involved. They're, they're very used to the old Mosaic Law. But what they don't realize is that Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of that Mosaic law, and they have to trust in that and believe in that. So when we trust our own efforts instead of Christ's power, we too are in danger of turning back. We, we may not lose our salvation, but we certainly will be led astray by any different voice or any voice that sounds clever or cute uh, that we're listening to. Uh, avoid the clever and cute voices, everybody. Anybody who's giving you... Information that they have a pathway or they know more about how to have this relationship with God, um, steer clear of that. If Jesus Christ is not being mentioned in those conversations, stay clear of that. That's not helpful. Um, Jesus has to be at the forefront of any conversation about salvation. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. John 14, 6 is very clear about the representation that Jesus has about The truth and all truth that we need to see. So only Christ can see us through. There are going to be places where, um, frankly, whatever we're doing is not sufficient enough. We have to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. So let's go and and look at another thing, too. Go back to verse 2 real quick. For this good news that God has prepared... This rest has been announced to us just as it was to them, but it did them no good because they didn't share the faith of those who listened to God. Now, this is actually written for the modern audience, this particular verse, because there are people in church today that, frankly, know a great deal about Jesus Christ, but they don't know him personally. A lot of people have a lot of knowledge about Christ, but they don't have a personal relationship. Uh, It's astonishing to me, and maybe it shouldn't be astonishing, but when I've hear, heard of pastors who are preaching the word but they didn't have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ until something happened down the road while they're ministering to other people um, and they actually made a declaration that Jesus Christ is Lord of their life. Well, praise God that it happened but we have to understand that not everybody who comes to church and not everybody who is into the church uh, has this solid bedrock foundational relationship with Jesus Christ. That is what we have to recognize here. You have to know Jesus personally. You have to take that knowledge, that head knowledge, and combine it with heart knowledge. You have to take that knowledge and combine it with faith. Faith that the words that you understand and know are actually going to take place, actually going to happen in your life. Believing in him and acting on what you know Trust in Christ and not just trust, but do what he says. If you really believe in him, you're going to recognize that obedience is going to be the most important thing you can do. Live for Christ because you cannot love God and be disobedient to him. It's a requirement. Obedience is how you show your love for God. So that has to be part of the picture. That has to be part of the whole picture of your faith. We have to always come back to and repent when we're not acting the way we should and just be obedient to the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, And by the way, just as a reminder too, in the passage where it says, in my anger I took an oath they would never enter my place of rest. This is going back to, again, the Psalms. It's referring to the Psalms. We did the same thing in chapter 3. Psalm 9511 is the representation of what we're seeing in that portion of verse 3. And that's something that we need to see that God is very clear about the oath he has, about those who are disobedient to him. When he says they're not going to enter his place of rest, he means it. He assures it. He has shown it. He has. We have actually context where we've seen it happen. Uh, these are all things that he has been saying. And for our application today, what is our true rest? Our rest is in Jesus Christ. If you do not believe in Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you're not in His rest. You're not in any kind of rest. You're living in the world, and and it's interesting how uh, God will show you, even because of of, of your belief or your hard-heartedness, you're not at a place of rest. You're not at a place of any kind of comfort. You're not uh, not experiencing anything uh, that is godly uh, in your situation. If anything... Um, Frankly, the Lord is having mercy upon you to give you a chance to get it together, brother and sister, and get this thing figured out. He is extending a lot of grace and mercy to us to get this thing together before it's too late. And I think that that's what we need to recognize and see here. Back to verse 4 in Hebrews 4. We know it is ready because of the place in the scriptures where it mentions the seventh day. On the seventh day, God rested from all His work. Okay. Um, and so let's look at this. First of all, about this whole thing about God resting in the seventh day. Now, we, if we look at this from a standpoint of common sense, knowing the what we know about the character of God, we don't know everything, but we know enough to know God doesn't get tired, so He doesn't need rest. Uh, This is being done as an example for us. This is not being done for his benefit. He is showing us something here because we clearly need rest Uh, because of our our bodies, the way they're created. As we get older, we need rest more often sometimes. We need to just kind of take a break after working out. (laughs) It's it's, It's interesting when you start working out, you start feeling aches and pains that you don't normally feel. And it's something that you just can't really do anything about other than just say, oops, ouch, yeah, <laughs> my knee. Something's happening as I'm walking now. Um, these are all things we have to deal with. So we have to find different ways to rest and, and maybe even rub some cream on it or whatever he does to kind of take the, take the edge, edge off a little bit. But God doesn't need rest like that. He doesn't have to use Ben Gay. He doesn't do, have to do anything like that. He has to. He has to. He does what he does. He's showing all these things to us. <laughs> He's showing all these things to us as an example. Wow. Um, I know. My my bride says wow. She she was staring at me and I'm just. I had to laugh because it was kind of funny. So, but it's true. He doesn't need any of that stuff. He doesn't need analgesics like we do. Amen. We need the analgesics. We have to have the this rest. But the point I'm trying to make here, before I go off the rails altogether, Thank you. he was showing that he was uh, happy with the creation that he had just completed. It was completed. The world was perfect at that point, And God was well satisfied with that creation. Of course, he should be. It's an amazing creation. It's something that we, obviously, none of us could ever conceive of doing. We we, we certainly respect and just revere the Lord for what he has done. But this was, this rest that he was referring to when it came to what he did was a foretaste of what? Our eternal joy when our creation is going to be renewed and restored. Every mark of sin is going to be removed. Remember, it was perfect back then when he finished in that seventh day of rest. And the world's going to be made perfect again. Our Sabbath rest in Christ begins when we trust in Him, and then we complete His good and perfect work in us. So that's what we need to see here. Um, And that's important for us to see, that Christ is the one who, because we believe in Him, is continually renewing our minds, helping us to grow and become more Christ-like as we uh, manage to do what we do in our lifetime. And understanding all of those things, we recognize that he is perfecting us. First of all, he's taking away our sin from us. He is giving us uh, life with him. But we are still growing and perfecting our lives in Christ. I trust that you are much further along as a believer in Christ today than you were 15 years ago, 20 years ago. You should be much further along than where you were at that point because you're still learning something and you're learning something every day. And that's going to be a challenge for all of us to continue staying in the Word, staying focused on the Word. But that rest that he took, he rested from all his work because he was showing and reflecting upon the perfection of what he had done. And that's something that we can look forward to as well, too. His perfection, the perfect world, that perfect place that he has for us. And verse 5, back to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 5. But in the other passage, God said, they will never enter my place of rest. Who will never enter his place of rest? The people who will never enter his place of rest are those who do not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Plain and simple. There is no other way to look at it. And because we've already talked about John 14:6 and provided that insight as well, too, that Jesus Christ has to be the way uh, for us to understand this eternal rest, this place of rest. Okay. Let's drop down in Hebrews 4 to verse 6. Hebrews 4, verse 6. So God's rest is there for people to enter. But those who first heard this good news failed to enter because they disobeyed God. It's a very clear statement. And let's look at verse 7. So God set another time for entering his rest, and that time is today. God announced this through David much later in the words already quoted. Today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. Now, this is a very important part of the passage, and I want to look at this, and you know, you would think that verses 12 and 13 are pretty important, but you know, this is really what's most important in my mind, and I'm going to tell you why. First of all, there are so many things being referenced here in this particular passage. Again, for the Jewish Christian audience, for this message, for this letter, God gave the Israelites the opportunity to enter Canaan but they disobeyed and failed to enter. We recognize that, but if we go back and look at Numbers 13 and 14, that's the context for this particular area. But now God, when he's speaking about this good news, they failed to enter because they disobeyed God, but now God gives us the place and the opportunity to enter his eternal rest, the ultimate place of rest, because he invites us to do what? Come to Jesus Christ. The eternal rest is in christ that is what he's doing here and understand that this was set as a time and a place where this would be doing be taking place way back at the time of creation and before that god knew that we would need a savior because he knows the future he knows all about who we are he knew that we would need this opportunity this place to come and that would be with jesus christ um to enter this rest, you've got to believe that God has this relationship in mind for you. The Savior is for you. It is He is specifically there for you. He loves you. He wants to have a relationship with you. He desires to have a relationship with you. The Holy Spirit, basically, when you were pondering whether or not you wanted to come to a saving knowledge of Christ, was dancing all around you and on your shoulders and trying to tell you, you need to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. And that's exactly what we need to recognize here. Matthew 11. Oh, Matthew 11, 28 through 30. Yeah, I see that. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Amen. That's the rest that he's referring to in the passage uh, in Matthew 11, uh, Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30. That's the rest that's being referred to here. Again, verse 7, God said another time for entering his rest, and that time is today today refers to Jesus Christ. Today, as it was written by the Jewish Christians here, referred to Jesus Christ. Same uh, person, the same one to look to for this rest. That's what we need to see here. There is nothing else that we can do to enter God's rest other than acknowledge Christ as Lord and Savior. And it's all uphill from there, everybody, that that's as far as your relationship growth, your relationship development. If you fail to do that, if you just you prefer to just live in your own fleshliness, if you prefer to live in your own way of doing things, your way of understanding things, you try to be clever, use your own wisdom, use your own knowledge, and you, if you don't need Christ, you're not going to be in God's rest. And frankly, you're not going to be at rest either, because you will not be unsettled. That place in your very being is not being filled by anything other than your own fleshly desires, your own way of thinking or maybe even satan himself because he will send demons uh to those individuals who don't trust in the lord and he will cause people to act in such a way when you when you look at people's behaviors today do you think demonic sometimes there is demonic behavior well you should i mean this is something that we read about in scripture all the time this is nothing that should be catching you off guard like why are people being so weird what do you mean why are people being so weird people are being weird and acting in such ways that are so out of character of what is normal, what is deemed normal, that you you cannot rule out that there's additional influence or demonic influence in that person's life, especially, especially, of course, if they don't know the Lord. Uh, Demonic possession will not take place if you have a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ fills that that void in your heart and your life. So demons will not get in. But if you don't know the Lord, uh, all bets are off, everybody. You, we have to keep that in mind as we look at this and, and, and not, frankly, don't mince words. We, we can't mince words about these things because we need to understand that it's really, really important for all believers in the Lord Jesus Christ to stay firm and steadfast in the word, study every day, read every day, search out the Lord in prayer and meditation each day. Make prayers and petitions every day about God's goodness and especially remembering those people in your life who do not know the Lord Jesus Christ. I can't emphasize this enough. We should not be, our faith is an active faith. We must always live in an active manner in our faith. We don't ever want to, because we're talking about God's rest, it doesn't mean that we're resting from the standpoint, well, there's nothing to do today. There's always something to do every day in the Lord. We need to keep that in mind as well, too. This rest that we're referring to is not so much about a rest as in nap time rest or something like that. The rest is in the comfort and the peace that you experience because you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the rest. That's where you're settled now as far as where you are as a person. That's what we want to understand here. God is offering us the opportunity for those who don't believe to believe to enter into this rest with Jesus Christ. This peace, experiencing his grace, experiencing his love, experiencing his mercy, um, and recognizing that he died on the cross for all of us, shed his blood to pay for all of our sins and the sins of everybody, past, present, and future. We need to enter his rest in that way. Today is the best time to find peace with God. And in the commentary, I read here something that's very sobering, but it's a good point. Today is the day to do it, to enter in his, into his rest and find peace with the Lord. Tomorrow might be too late, and that's very true. So we have to keep that in mind as well. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, if you're listening and paying attention right now and don't have a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, today is the day to experience his salvation. Today is the day... trust in the Lord Jesus Christ to wash away your sins, cover your sins for all eternity, and have this place prepared for you, promised and now being fulfilled in your life where you'll recognize that you do have a relationship with him and it's going to get better and better when it comes to our relationship with him the world won't get better but you will get better in the Lord Jesus Christ the world is going to get worse so we need to have everything we can to help us to counter that Experience that world experience that we are going through right now. is Jesus Christ. We have to be in Christ. We don't get caught up in the world. We don't get, up, get caught up in weirdness. We don't get caught up in politics. We don't get caught up in those things that we have no control over. We get caught up in the love of God for us and how we are to respond to that love and how we are to serve him. That's what we need to be paying attention to. That's where our focus should be. So, when it says in verse 7, once again, Today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. Now, this is written to the audience, of course, the Jewish Christians. Don't harden your hearts. You're hearing God's voice, the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to you. What is, blas- what is the unforgivable sin? Blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. It's not specifically against Jesus himself, but just denying that the Spirit is speaking to you. And denying that the Spirit is being truthful. He is speaking truth to you that you need to acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord. You can reject that. That's blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. That's the unforgivable sin. Uh, There is no other unforgivable sin that's out there. We need to recognize that too from the appropriate teaching. Um, It has everything to do with just denying the Holy Spirit. The Spirit, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. That's an admonishment from the Lord himself speaking to us who don't know the Lord uh, that we need to get it together and pay attention to that voice. He desires for us to have this relationship with with him. And he wants us to act today. Verse 8, back to Hebrews 4. Now if Joshua had succeeded in giving them this rest, God would not have spoken about another day of rest still to come. So there is a special rest still waiting for the people of God for all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors, just as God did after creating the world. So let us do our best to enter that rest. But if we disobey God, as the people of Israel did, we will fail. Now, we will fall, excuse me. We will fall, that's the correct word. Fail looks like fall by this writing here, so apologize for that. But what's the point we're making here? The point we're making is that we need to recognize that God is trying to reach us and give us this rest. He's mentioning about Joshua in the first part here, that Joshua was the one who took over from Moses. And Joshua had to tussle with the Israelites as well, too, uh, and still had to speak about this rest. So that's why God put forth this another day of rest still to come. That day of rest represents Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the one that we need to pay attention to here in, that particular, in this particular context and of course that eternal rest that we will have when we have fellowship with him after we leave here once we have acknowledged Christ as Lord and Savior these are all things we need to recognize here peace with God now and eternal life on a new earth later this rest of course the Israelites it was the promised land for us today it's our rest in Christ and it's eternity with him when we leave here. That's the comparison to make here. And understand how this Hebrews chapter 4 is doing a lot of repetition. And whenever I see repetition, that's why it looks like a sermon to me. It, it just looks that way. It, it's written as a letter. We know it's a letter. We understand that. But there's a lot of repetition here for you to get a point. And the point is, is that you cannot be in the rest with Jesus Christ unless you declare him as lord of your life that is what we need to take away from this that's what the writer of hebrews was doing here and talking to the audience here in this letter telling them the same thing we don't need to wait for the next life to enjoy god's rest and peace though it's not just because when we die um we need to live our lives today amen live for today live your life today i don't care what's going on You have certain restrictions or certain things that you're not used to that you're doing today, but that doesn't keep you from living your life. Living your life for Jesus Christ. Living your life boldly for Christ. Living your life in such a way where people see a difference as you live. You must live this way, everyone. This is very, very important today for us to do. We cannot hesitate in doing that. It should be part of our our daily operations, okay? Uh, The things that we do each day, we need to be looking in that manner. Um, Our daily rest in the Lord will not end in death, but it will become an eternal rest in the place that Christ is preparing for us. What place is Christ preparing for us? Take a look with me, please, at John chapter 14. John chapter 14, verses 1 through 4. Now, if I were to continue on further, you would hear where I said John uh, 14, 6. That comes further, but let's look at the first four verses here. John 14, verses 1 through 4. And remember that sipping coffee is always good, especially if it gets, takes care of your dry mouth. John 14, verses 1 through 4. Uh, verse, uh, verse 1, let not, this is English standard, English standard Version, excuse me, let not your hearts be troubled, believe in God, believe also in me, in my Father's house, Are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. Now, let me do a quick sidebar here in the interest of time. We are very, very caught up sometimes in security, making sure that things are secure, making sure that our households are secure. Uh, we lock our doors at night. At night, we may have alarm systems, whatever it is, but we, uh, we thank the Lord we have a place to go each day. Amen? We have a place, to, a roof over our heads. We have what we need. Look at what Jesus is doing here in this passage. He's doing the same thing. He is showing you that there's a place for you to go when you leave this earth and that place is going to be with him he is going to be in the same area Uh, this is something i've mentioned on my own before at different times and because it's it's something that i rely upon it's something that i hold on to when i talk about my eternity spending eternity with jesus christ Uh, there's a place waiting for us that's something that's really important for us to see it's not just going to be heaven yes it'll be fantastic in heaven amen but But there's a place where we can relate to as individuals knowing that if we have a place to go, a place to live, that's where we want to be. We think about people who are homeless, what is their desire? To have shelter, to have rest, to have a place over their heads, a place that they can go and sleep at night. These are all things that they desire just as we would desire uh, if we were in that same situation. So. The analogy of having this place of rest waiting for us is really, really important for us to recognize and see. Try that and and use that in your ministry to others and speaking to others about God's goodness. So it's something that's important for us to recognize. Okay. Uh, Verse 12. Verses 12 and 13. Now we're getting down to the end here, and we want to make sure that we are, as we're trying to enter God's rest... We shouldn't be struggling with this. We should be doing it with with willingness and being free in our efforts to do so because we have to understand that if we don't enter his rest, we can't recognize any of these things. The thing that holds us back is what? Fleshliness, that hardened heart, that selfishness. Notice how these things are being mentioned over and over again as we have gone, frankly, through the first four chapters of Hebrews. Uh, These are things that are all being mentioned. But look what it says in verse 12. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes, and he is the one to whom we are accountable. These passages, were, are of course, are very important for us to see. They have equal billing, I believe, for verses 6 and 7 in this particular chapter. Um, it all is relevant, but we need to look at what God is telling us about his word. For those who are wondering if God's word is true, then the author of Hebrews throws this in for us as another nugget to look at. The word of God is a living is alive and powerful because Jesus Christ is the living word of God. Of course it's alive, of course it's powerful. He is alive. He's a we are we are serving a living savior. And because he is the word of God as mentioned in John chapter 1, he is the word. He is the living word. And so as a reminder, we look at what scripture has been saying and we recognize that this word is so powerful The sharpest sword you can imagine, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. That word is what kind of cuts into our hearts, frankly. It cuts into our hearts from a, obviously from a spiritual perspective, where we recognize that without Christ, we are nothing. We have nothing. We can be nothing. We must recognize that because it's with Christ that we can achieve everything that he would set set out for us to do. We have talents and gifts that are given to us. There are uh, some teachings of, of Oswald Chambers I've read. Uh, I agree partially with him on one area. He he mentions that without, uh, you know, we, we may have a desire to serve the Lord, but frankly, we, we serve the Lord, but it's by God's grace we're doing so. And, that, you know, he goes as far as saying, of course, you know, he doesn't need us, but he does, uh, in fact, uh, use us. And I just point out, though, to everyone that God deliberately gives us talents and gifts to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not an effort in futility to do so. It's something that he gives to us. He enables us with his power and ability. It's not on our own accord that we're doing any of these things. We're doing them because God is gifting us in these talents and abilities. And because we're all different people, we have different ways of serving the Lord and honoring God and glorifying him. So I think that that's something that um, I'm kind of wrestling with that a little bit with because I, I do uh, look at my utmost to his highest every now and then, and I do look at what is being read and spoken of there. And I, I do agree with Oswald's principle about how he truly does. It's important for us to look specifically to the Lord in all things. Um, but it shouldn't be in such a way where we're diminishing what God has done for us as far as gifting and talents and abilities. So that's the one area where I would like to have a conversation with him about if I could. But having said that, he's gifting us. He's enabling us. He cuts through our innermost thoughts and desires, as it mentions in verse 12 here. And, of course, verse 13, nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes. I like that word naked. Naked and exposed before his eyes. And he is the one to whom we are accountable. And, you know, you have to understand what God's word is. It's not just a collection of thoughts and ideas. It's God's living word. It's Jesus Christ speaking to us. It has dynamic uh, impact in our lives. God reveals to us who we are and who we are not. And he does that through his word. We, there are things that we are, that we know we should be, and there are places where we know we need to work to get to. He also recognizes and shows us because we believe in him, we are not condemned anymore. He's showing us that we're no longer under condemnation. So these are all good things that he's showing us. He's giving us truth to react upon. He shows us and helps us to discern what is good and what is evil. Pray for discernment. Pray for discernment. Discernment is something that if you don't have it as a natural gift, pray for it. A lot of people scuffle with discernment sometimes, knowing what is truth. But if you're really stopping and praying to the Lord for discernment, he's going to give you what you need. He's going to give you that discernment that you absolutely need to be able to function in life, to make those distinctions for people who try to hide their evil thoughts or actions. Pray for discernment in working or dealing with a person like that. God's going to show you some things. God's going to teach you some things. I, I, I can't stress enough how important it is to pray. If, you, if you're praying fervently about things like this, you are going to be much further ahead than if you just trust your own instincts. That's where it instincts don't necessarily work very well Um, even those who have discernment gifts should be praying praying for discernment by the lord as far as what's happening if something is fuzzy if something isn't clear pray about it the demands of god's word require decisions you got to make choices don't you you got to make a decision about who god is in your life who jesus christ is in your life who he is who he represents what he represents these are decisions you have to make a decision about you have to come to and as you make those decisions christ wants us to let those decisions shape our very lives let's talk about this nothing being hidden from god god already knows about all of us he knows our hearts he knows our minds he knows our thoughts of course, he knows our actions because they're they're right there. Even though we might be by ourselves, he knows our actions. He knows all about us. And I don't know if that... It doesn't really... Even though he knows all those things, if, if we want to sin, we're still going to blow it. We're still going to sin. It doesn't seem to matter to some of us because of the flesh. So that's where we have to come back and say, Lord, I you know I blew it. I blew it. And you repent and you turn from your sin. He already knows that, but he wants you to acknowledge where you went wrong. He wants you to acknowledge what you've been doing. He wants you to come to grips with your actions. He wants you to understand you blew it. You made a mistake, come and own up to it. What's one of the toughest things that some of us do? Make a mistake, but for the sake of trying to look good, we don't own up to it. We won't say things publicly to other people. We won't acknowledge that we blew it. Other people may actually see that you've made a mistake, but you won't say, I'm sorry. You'd much rather let it go. Understand something. You're not fooling anybody. You're not running game on anybody. You're not doing anything that is uh, not seen, at least from the depths of who Jesus Christ is. He sees it all. Even when we try to hide from him, he sees us anyway. Even when we try to duck and run and get cover, he follows us everywhere. He knows all about us. There's no secrets from God, so we need to understand that even though we might have the worst thoughts sometimes, we do the worst things, He still loves us. He still cares about us. Praise the Lord. He still is the one that we should be glorifying because He loves us in spite of who we are at times. We are at times we are terrible. We are just not the best person, but He loves us anyway. He longs for us to have a loving relationship with Him. As believers, he wants us to continue to grow in that relationship and get better and better and prosper, honestly. We can prosper in our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ if we just trust in him, believe in him, follow him, have faith in him. And he is the one to whom we are accountable. When you think about that, we do have to account for our very lives. We have to account for our very presence. Uh, and what we're doing in service for him. Are you thinking on those terms? Jesus loves us. He wants us to recognize him as Lord and Savior. He wants us to live our lives in such a way where we can indeed enter his rest and live in such a way where we are living in his rest in the present and in the future when we leave here. He wants us to serve him while we're here. And yes, God honestly doesn't need any of us but he loves us anyway and he loves us and wants to have this relationship with us that's the takeaway for this lesson yes the sabbath rest that we're referring to has to do with our love for jesus christ that is what the author of hebrews was trying to tell the jewish christians tell them the same thing it's jesus christ that is your new sabbath rest that you need to pay attention to let's pray Father, we just thank you for this time that you've set aside for us once again. We thank you for your loving presence. We thank you for the teachings in Hebrews chapter 4. We thank you for how you have promised those who deny you that they will not enter your rest. And Lord, we don't want to be anyone in this audience. We do not want to be in that way. We just want to trust in you. We want to believe in you because of Jesus Christ. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives. We thank you for what Christ is teaching us through this living word that we experience. Help us, Lord, to continue to grow and prosper. Help us to live our lives in such a way where we're honoring you and glorifying you. We just thank you for your promises that you've kept and that you continue to keep. We give you praise and thanks for all that you do for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for being here this morning. We thank you for joining us for another edition of Livestream Sunday School for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio. God bless you all and take care of yourselves. For those of you who are in Akron, we'll see you in church today at 11, uh, remembering all the protocols. Take care of yourselves. God bless you all. Thanks, Jackie. We'll see you again soon. Take care. We'll see you next time.